Welcome to the Cars Unfiltered Podcast, Season 3, Episode 5. Sal and I are here today talking about uh, not Ford for once. We're going to actually talk about GM and some electric cars. Yeah, we'll see how long that lasts. We'll probably have to bring up Ford at some point. Well, but, uh, <laughs> it's, it's inevitable, we, right? We swear the bullet points are not Ford. Yeah, so at GM, the news says that there's a new electric Camaro with a reported nine-second quarter mile, or so they estimate, right? Yeah. Um, and it's fully electric, right? It's not hybrid or anything. So you're looking at a, a what would that be? A thousand horsepower car? Uh, it actually said it was. Uh, let me see. I think it's an 800 foot-pound of torque, something like that. I mean, it's it has, to be, a, it has to be a substantial amount. 600 right? foot-pound of torque, 700 horsepower. Um, just to give a little bit of background, so it wasn't a, it isn't a production Camaro, it's a Copo Camaro, um, which for those of you that aren't really in the know of what Copo is, it's Central Office Production Order. So basically, it's, it's custom-built Chevys that get built for dealers or customers or events or whatever. But So in this case, they based it off of a couple of Borg Warner um, electric motors. And yeah, so I mean, it's it's a Copa Camaro that uh, lays down a nine second um, quarter mile. Or should. Or it has, should. hasn't done it yet, right? Should. But should. Now, interestingly to me, and I probably should have read it more, um, this to me sounds significantly slower than what a Tesla is, but it probably also is, has to do with the fact that the Tesla is all-wheel drive, which I don't think this one was. I think this was a conventional, because they said they mated it to an LS... Um, a conventional LS transmission. It was literally bolted up to a regular transmission, basically, to get uh, to distribute the power. What was this one? Yeah, the electric one. They can't, they, yeah, I believe that. Um, so in any case, but, I mean, we all know this is where it's going, right? Eventually, uh, we're going to have electric uh, muscle cars, right? Well, I don't know. The Tesla, the Tesla quarter mile times, I'm looking right here. So I was a little distracted because I was looking up quarter oh, mile yeah. times. Um... But like the fastest quarter mile time on a Tesla Model S would be like the P100D with a ludicrous speed, mm -hmm. right? Which is 10.5. Oh, really? It's that slow? Yeah. That's significantly slower than a nine second quarter mile time. Oh, wow. Right. Like significantly slower. Huh. <clears throat> And that might be owing to the all-wheel drive, and it's probably a heavier vehicle, right? I mean, this car, the well, Copo Camaro is designed to do this. Yeah, and it's probably also, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Maybe those Top Gear videos lied to us, because that thing was smoking thing left and right. But in any case, yeah, so here is the thing. Again, this article is from Jalopnik. Um, so the unique motor simply takes the place of the gas engine, thanks to a bell housing bolt pattern and shaft flange. Uh, that's the same as GM's LS family engines. It mates right up to what Chevy calls a conventional racing prepared turbo 400 automatic and then do a solid rear axle. Um, which also is that uh, I think gearheads everywhere are going to mourn the death of everything LS when it happens because that engine's been in everything, right? You oh think, yeah, for sure. When you think gold standard of 8-speed powertrains, or, uh, sorry, 8-cylinder powertrains, you think of the LS motor and just that whole package, right? That one, you can drop an LS motor with a transmission into just about anything and it'll go. Yeah, if, I mean, they, yeah, they've been used in everything, right? I mean, they've LS swapped freaking 
I don't know, everything. Yeah. Everything is at an LS block. Wasn't it, there, it was one of the shows, was it, was it Gas Monkey that used to, I think it was Gas Monkey that, yeah, their base one, if someone's like, oh, I want a new engine, like, we're going to drop an LS in it. <laughs> but it's, it's everybody's base engine, right? <laughs> we're going to drop an LS in it, yeah. Like it's still, a, uh, I think it's still the same basic architecture as an old, you know, like Chevy 350, a small black Chevy. Because yeah. uh, it's still a pushrod engine, pushrod V8, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. I'm sure that stuff doesn't bolt up right like it used to, but it's still the same basic engine. Right. Um, but in any case, yeah, I mean, this will be interesting because this is also, right, one of the first ones I know implementations that I've heard of with a, um, you know, not a motor at all the wheels. It's a central motor that drives to a conventional. No, they've been doing that for a long time, right? Like there's that Ooh. zombie, that zombie killer Mustang, right? They've been, they did that. The, those guys down and What? <laughs> What? Oh man, the zombie. Uh, well, who's gonna be the first one to put it up next? Put it next to a dual clutch. Th- this is. I think it's this one. Yeah, the zombies. Two two two, the nineteen sixty eight all electric Mustang fastback. That has, it, it's organized the same way as this uh, this Copo Camaro, right? Where it has two or more electric motors. In front, like where the engine would normally be, and then they made it to a four speed with a bunch of gear vendors' overdrives to get um, the proper ratios and everything, and then it just went to a regular rear end and whatnot, right? Yeah, but that's been around for years, right? I mean, there's stuff, there's articles on that going back to 2014 at least. Yeah, well, so you're just out of the loop, and I'm out of the loop on, on that and many things. Um, but yeah, and so obviously at the end of the event also, uh, GM said that Ecopo, Ecopo isn't a production car, right? It points to a future that could include electric crate motors for racing or even your street rod, but we're not there yet. It's something we're exploring, which is really just a bold-faced lie because I guarantee you that they have an electric Camaro oh, yeah, for sitting sure. in the shop somewhere. Electric Camaro sure. or an electric... Uh, Corvette. Probably an electric Vette. Which is going to come out right after. What if that was a big bait and switch? That mid-engine Corvette wasn't actually a mid-engine Corvette. It's really electric. It just has a gigantic battery. (laughs) That'd be the biggest... Like, then that would probably go down as probably one of the most mythical vehicles to never release, a mid-engine Corvette. That would... Yeah, that would be pretty good. But at the same time, and again, this might be my... It might be a bias, but... And we're going off track, but the, uh... The mid-engine Corvette... I get it. I don't get it. But I get it because it'll be a faster car, but call it something else then. Like, a Corvette is a Corvette for a reason, though arguably... That's why I don't get it. One could be... The same thing could be said about the Mustang when it went to independent rear suspension, RIP solid rear axle. No, no, not really, right? Because... Well, but I can also see going to a mid-engine Corvette because the Corvette's supposed to be like... The halo car of the brand, right? Right. And so, if you've got a Camaro that's doing whatever it's doing, I mean, think about a a 1967 Camaro versus a 67 Corvette. They're two completely different cars, right? Right. One was still, yeah, like the halo sports car, handled much better, right? Right. And the other one was just like the the brawn of the operation, right? And the Burt Reynolds special, yeah. So uh, you can't have. I could see why they would go mid-engine in order to keep, like, the breeding proper. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Right, but to, to maintain we, that status. To, like, imagine, yeah, but as we discussed, no one's going to be impressed by your mid-engine Corvette if you pull up next to a Ferrari. No, no, it's <laughs> true. Sorry. I mean, that's yeah. true. It'll always still be, a, in that sense, it will always still be just a Corvette. Yeah, which is actually a topic I do want to discuss with Tom when he comes back from his small hiatus, is just talking about, so if you guys haven't picked up by now, Tom is a big fan of McLaren. And uh, so one of the topics he's doing some research in, we're digging in, is that new speed tail. So we won't go into it because I won't wait for him. But in my mind, I was thinking about this. I'm like, can McLaren ever really have the mainstream effect that like Ferrari and Land? Because Ferrari no. is a no. status symbol. No. Symbol, right? They can't. So like McLarens are known, they're fast cars or whatever. But like, no one's writing rap songs about McLarens. No. They, and they wouldn't just the same as they wouldn't write. I mean, like, maybe Pagani, but that's only because the names are like pretty even, pretty easy to it's, say. It's Italian, it's right? an Italian <laughs> name, right? So like even like the old boys out in the country know what a Ferrari is, right? right. They're like, oh look, got a Ferrari. So in any case, but well, back to GM. We heard they're GM. making money. They are making so they'll have plenty of money for that mid-engine Corvette. Apparently, they for the third quarter of this 2018. Their profits were three point two billion, which is up twenty five percent from a year ago, which also includes for those financially minded people out there. Uh, it includes it includes a one time write off of five point like three or five point eight million mm-hmm. um, in the third quarter of last year because they divested all their European stuff and then they had to pay like whoever whoever bought Opal and them uh, money and so you know it cost them money to, Peugeot, get, to get rid of it PSA is it Peugeot that bought them PSA yeah. I, th- I couldn't I couldn't remember but yeah. but anyway yeah so like they had to pay them off right and kind of clear their debts yeah. or whatever and so they had a one time write off associated with that which is why it's up so much since last year mm-hmm. right but it's still I mean you're still up 25% did did Ford announce its earnings I can't remember yeah what was Ford I don't remember <laughs> I don't remember to be honest. Clearly, it's good. I knew at the time, but it's gone now. Both of us right? work for Ford. Neither of us know what the earnings were. I think everyone is just distracted by the word layoff. Well, yeah, which, yeah, pretty much, yeah. The pendulum yeah. seems to be swinging that way for GM as well, so... Yeah, right? So but they, wait, before we go to layoffs, uh-oh. though, I just want to say, all right, so their growth is up 25%. Yep. And they admitted that it's partly because of strong growth in SUVs, Yeah. right? Isn't there another automaker... That has that same strategy. Well, well, hold on now. To be fair, FCA was probably the first one to start well, it's true. Sedans. Yeah, it's true, right? And it's like it's been working for them. Fiat so. said, "We are building Jeeps. What else? Nothing. Just Jeeps. That's pretty much yeah. The occasional Durango, some Chargers for cop cars, and some Challengers for people that like driving coffins around. But I mean, hey, it's been working. But either way, yeah, I mean, it, they were eventually going to go to SVs. Now, what I didn't see was that they were supposed to be, well, I guess Ford's still selling, but um, how much they're actually picking up on the sedan market, right? So, I mean, Ford obviously still has models out on dealers, um, but I guess when that would hit, maybe next year, to see what kind of business GM picks up in the sedan market. Yeah, I would be curious Ford because... And I've made that argument before, right? So I'm not going to get too far into it. But there's definitely people who prefer a car, right? And some of them aren't brand loyal in any sense of that word, right? They're they're more uh, vehicle loyal. And so they want a sedan, right? They want a car. So they'll go wherever they need to to get one. And yeah, I'm curious to see who those are. It'll be interesting to see. So then uh, teaser for October 
sorry, November shit. November 1st, 2019 <laughs> podcast. How is GM doing with sedan sales? So be on the lookout for that uh, a year from now. But, uh, but yeah, so right on the heels of that great success came great sorrow uh, for apparently up to 18,000 uh, salaried employees. Well, of note here is I think that was the offering is that they offer the the uh, they're making an offer like a, a buyout offer first, right? Right. Like Ford did, I don't know however long ago, right? We've seen those. Well, so there's a small difference. So Ford opened it up to most employees. This one seems to be specifically employees with 12 years of seniority or older. Oh, okay. I missed that. So it's 12 years or older. So they're trying to get rid of people that it costs them a lot of money that probably have pensions. Right. So that they can get... Well, but they're not liable for the pensions anyway because that was part of the whole uh, bankruptcy. Old pensions. GM. Yeah. So, of course, I don't know when the cutoff would be. They may still be liable for employees currently working with the company and not employees. So I don't know. So without knowing those details, pensions could be a thing that they're considering and this way they could get rid of them. Well, that and, you know, I think it leads to the, the industry trend, right, where it's like everyone's bracing, right? This, in my mind, in my simpleton mind, and I'm not Wall Street, but this should trigger something in Wall Street saying, hey, everyone is bracing for the downturn. There seem to be smarter financial institutions that understand that you can't keep going fat into a downturn. Um, so that probably means that GM's stock will probably go up and Ford's will continue to... to Spiral down into. Actually, Ford's has been up significantly <laughs> in the last, like the last week. Well, it's maybe because they're like, oh yeah, everyone else seems to be bracing. But in any case, it, it seems to be, and they were talking about in the article, the the press release said that, um, you know, they're basically they're they're looking to become more fit, or that's not the right word. That's a Ford <laughs> word. Uh, they're looking. Yeah, that's a Ford word. That's a Ford word. They're uh, looking basically to to start cutting some costs and and basically be a little bit more. Um, Efficient, I think, is what they said um, as far as, you know, building cars and stuff. But some of it, I can't help, but some of it be think uh, be because of that announcement, when was it, last week or whatever, that the China market's starting to slow down significantly, almost to a point where it might even plateau, right? I mean, China's a big, big deal for GM, and if China plateaus, that's not good. Yeah, I mean, it's not good for anybody, really, but... A plateau is is fine, right? You can still make money in a plateau. It's not growth or anything, right? Right. But if growth stagnates, it's still like fine. But that was probably one of the last remaining growing markets. Yeah, for sure. Because the only thing that's left after that is really South America and Russia, right? And Russia's not doing anything. They don't really like American cars. South America with all their... Right now, they got other things to worry about. Like, people aren't buying cars down there, political instabilities, right wing people, right? So, it'll be interesting, but yeah. So, in any case, uh, that must have been a, quite the uh, the roller coaster of emotions. Like, the earnings were great, although it could be said for people that have been there for longer than 12 years, this might be a great thing. They it might could have be. some it. people love it, right? Some people probably could not, uh, could not wait for it. But speaking of money. How about Faraday Future? Yeah, so we're going to discuss the fact that I have no idea of uh, the one of the co-founders used a word that I do not know, especially in business terms. So I, we're going to have Mike's business background. I can't think of another B word. Business background. 
buddy. Um, I don't know where you're going with this. There you go. Business buddy. Business. Okay. In any case, Mike's going to explain what the word <laughs> insolvent means. So, so the headline was that Faraday Futures co-founder left the company uh, because he said the company was insolvent. It basically means you can't pay the bills. Gotcha. You're, so yeah, insolvency is like you're out of money. So he right? said, peace, I'm out of here. Y'all figure out what to do. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah. So that's interesting, right? And, and that came also barely a week after uh, a bunch of Faraday Future employees were laid off with a second mass furlough, right? right. So you, if you remember that first furlough that they did and they laid everybody off and told everybody that they could come back when you know they got some more money or whatever. So this is the second one. Um, and yeah, basically the company's out of cash, right? So didn't they just get like a, another $1 billion from somebody not that long ago to stay so. afloat? I think so. Wasn't that like two months ago? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like we've said before, there's something really wrong with Faraday, right? Because this is their, at least their second go around. Um, so, so I think there's just something, there's an operating procedure in there that's, uh, that's broken. Right? Well, they're obviously burning through way too much cash, but it's, it's also just something like, they don't have anything to show for it. Yeah, right? that's, that's very interesting. To Tesla had a roadster when they started. So people people kind of thought to themselves, oh, okay, right, at least they put something together. Yeah, it's based off of a pre-existing vehicle, right? But whatever, at least they can build something. We haven't seen anything from Faraday. They got that one freaking uh, like auto show Yeah, they thing. had the, the prototype. Concept, prototype. Concept. But, um, but other than that, yeah, they don't have anything to show for it's just a very, it's a very odd situation, because they, they, like you said, they have gotten enough funding. I don't know. There's something weird going on there, but yeah, it's kind of a, a weird thing, right? To just like the co-founders just like, oh, peace, figure it out, right? You're the. Well, <laughs> uh, it speaks to there maybe something else wrong inside, right? Yeah, for sure. So maybe he's like, fuck this, I want to get out while I still can. Yeah. But. That's true. So you you mentioned our you almost mentioned our feature uh, in the news there earlier, and when you said that FCA it just went to Jeeps and yeah and whatnot you know and they're, now they're making money, so I don't really want to talk so much about like the money part, but FCA has definitely doubled down on uh, pickup trucks. Not only that, they're throwing shade now. So it's true. So this all stirred. Um, this conversation all started, and I'm sure that Mike was just fuming when he was at his desk. So the Ram had a clean sweep of Texas Truck of the Year for everything, including best powertrain for their hybrid one. But they were only up against imports. Ford and, and Chevy were out of... They didn't even participate. They didn't, they didn't even go. They didn't even show up. Right? And Chrysler... Or sorry, not Chrysler. Uh, Chrysler FCA. Yeah. No, Chevy said that it was oh. because they were focused on other events because they obviously have the new next-gen one, 2019 one coming out. Um, so they wanted to focus on other events and not reveal it there um, or bring their old product. And right, well, and they want to make sure that they can get win truck of the year and whatever, J.D. Power yeah, and Associates. Yeah, they were focused you know, on J.D. Power and um, whatever and else. Trend, right? Yeah, right. Whatever, you know, the big ones. Truck of the year, like the the Texas truck of the year isn't a big thing in a lot of circles. Right, and then Ford basically said they're trying new avenues to reach it because let's face it, Ford's 
dominated truck of the year for the longest time because no no Texan can resist the King Ranch. No, I mean, well, <laughs> yes, I'm sure Adam would agree with you. But it's, it's less to the point of um, that Ford's dominated because it has gone back and forth quite a bit, right? I mean, Chevy doesn't usually win. Right. I just... I'll point that out from the yeah. get-go. But but I looked at it one year, a little while ago, and kind of looked to see who uh, who usually came away on top. And one manufacturer or the other will run away with it for a couple of years, right? Yeah. And then it'll switch back when... Because they're out of sync, right? They don't, off, they don't come up with new models the same model year, right? right? So, like, Ford will come out with a new one, and that'll be top, you know, top runner for, like, two or three years. And then... Uh, at the time, Dodge, now Ram, would come out with their new model, right? And that one would be like, top of the thing for right. a year or two or three, right? And then it would just kind of go back and forth. And then Chevy would every once in a while pop in there, right? But It'll be interesting, though, because they, they also recently said that they want to be the number two truck, uh, number two selling truck, right? So they essentially want to come at the heads of either Chevy or GMC, right? Because Chevy and GMC usually post relatively similar sales numbers. Um, which I mean I don't know from a personal standpoint. Yeah, but is I GMC think, above above Ram? I think so. Oh, maybe. I think they both sold uh, over it. I mean, obviously they're looking to target Ford too, right? But but they've got they've got some other hurdles to clear. A, that's a mountain of of sales, right? They've got some other hurdles to clear. F series controversy or not, right? Which they all submit their HDs and all that, right? So yeah, and it, it's long time been argued that the Silverado and um, the GMC are and yeah, the Sierra are the same truck with slightly different things going on, right? Um, and so a lot of people like to say that you could classify the two together, which may or may not be true. The different brands, but, but that's the thing, right? <laughs> it's their it's their problem. It's not not Ford's problem. If you sell a Sierra, it doesn't count as a Silverado sale. So it's true. Um, but in any case, I mean, just from a personal standpoint, and I know you're a former Dodge owner, though I don't know if that was necessity over. Uh, it was cost. It was cost. It's definitely cost. But I do personally, I like the way that the Rams look more than I like the Chevys. I do think Rams have a more pickup truck tradition. Well, I'm probably not traditionalist, but in any case, I like the way Rams look. The only thing I've known about Rams is that everyone that I've known uh, has steering issues with them. For whatever reason, every Ram has steering issues. <laughs> Well, my, uh, I didn't have steering issues per se, but my power steering pump definitely went out <laughs> more than once. So I, you wouldn't classify power steering pump going out as steering? I mean, you just replace the pump, right? But they did seem to go out abnormally uh, more frequently yeah. than uh, their counterparts of similar years for you know other manufacturers. But It'll um, be interesting to see what... You know, if they can actually, you know, overtake GM and... and well, and something that they're doing to that effect, right, is they're offering two models. They're, going, they're continuing on with what they call the Ram Classic, right? Mm -hmm. Which is, uh, I don't know, not the latest version of the Ram. It's the one that's a few years old. Um, and then they're also producing the new version Right, so the new, new and improved Ram, or whatever you want to call it. And I, I hadn't heard about this, by the way. Oh yeah, so they're doing them both. Um, they're moving, they're moving the classic sales to Mexico. So it would, be, 
it would be basically like you remember when because Kyle's from Mexico, so he knows this. Yep. It, you remember when Mexico still made the Beatle? Yeah. Right? They made the Beatle until like 93 or 2003 or something like that, right? Yeah. Like the, the old school, what everybody thinks of as an old school Beatle, right? You know, right. 1970s or, or before. And they made that same thing up until fairly recently, within Sal's lifetime right. in Mexico. Yeah. And meanwhile, in the rest of the world, right, Volkswagen had reintroduced the new Beetle. Right. But so what's what's the cutoff model here? Or, like, what's what's the distinction? Is, like, not that I don't think they're going to do it, but, like, so would the classic be, like, body on frame, steel, and then, like, the new one, is it going to be, like, uh, we're going to do a unibody made out of aluminum? Or, like, what's... What's the draw, right? I mean, it, in my mind, it's like, okay, I understand it to a certain point. Um, okay, so 2019 is the Ram Classic, I guess, mm-hmm. is when they start with the Classic, which means it should be the 2018 and previous mm-hmm. model years, right? Um, and it's just the one that we're all familiar with that they've had around since, like, 2012, I think. Oh, Okay. I gotcha. With that T-grill or whatever it is. Hmm. Yeah, it's with the high grill. Okay, so not 2012. Uh, it's got to be newer than that. Let me... Sorry, I'm running through the years here. 2013 is when that style came in. Mm-hmm. Right? So, yeah, I mean, it's had its run five years. But it's just interesting that they would decide to keep it going as the classic, right? Um... And hope that it's not going to eat too much into the new shark sales, you know? Mm-hmm. But on that front, it is a way to, to get some more life out of your tooling. Yeah, I was going to say, this is just so I read, I was really quickly skimming through it, and they're saying that they have production issues. So while that's happening, they're going to give all customers a way for an entry-level truck to go with the classic. This just sounds to me like they can't release... The new model, so let's keep selling the old one and badge it as the classic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I hadn't thought about that. But right, yeah. like they're saying the only one you can get right now is with the Hemi V8, so that the E, the E-hybrid or whatever they're calling it isn't ready yet, and they're having a ton of supplier issues with the new truck. So they're going to continue selling this one as the 1500 Classic uh, just because they can't build the new one. Yeah, right. But I will say there would be something to be said. So, like, for example, would you buy, let's say they had a 2019 Mustang Classic that went back to a solid rear axle. Would you be the type of person to get that type of... Oh, fuck yeah. (laughs) Or let's say they came out and said, we're going to build one that has a carbureted... It's going to be a carbureted Mustang. So it's going to be like a Coyote with a carburetor. Well, I mean, that's not what they're doing here. They're not going (laughs) that far back. Jeez. But with a solid rear axle, you would take it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So for a while they did offer that, right? For uh, drag racing applications, I think. Yeah, it was the uh, the 2015 model year um, Mustang mm-hmm. that they offered. You could basically get a body in white. Yeah. Right. And then you can outfit it however you want to. But it had the tunnel, which would allow for installation of a, whatever rear axle you wanted to, right? Yeah. But. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, and then the FCA, we'll see how that works out. And then obviously some there were some more spy pictures of the Jeep pickup truck, uh, which is an interesting interesting little vehicle. I don't know who the market for a Jeep 
pickup truck. I don't know. It's the same market that there is for a Bronco with a spare tire on the back hatch. Yeah, but even then, like, that would be a covered thing. I mean, the only thing I can justify is that maybe Ram doesn't want to build a midsize truck. So rather than building a Ram midsize, they're just going to label it as a, as a, you know, it's going to be like a Colorado contender or a Ranger, Ranger yeah, contender. I mean, they know it's going to sell. Right. Yeah. It's not gonna sell extremely well, right? But it's gonna sell. Oh man, that Wrangler sells like crazy, right? I remember talking to some FCA guys like you would not believe, like the margins on those Jeeps are crazy. <laughs> no, I mean, well, yeah, it's all flat panels. Um, <laughs> and they've been using the same dies for God knows how long. <laughs> yeah. Just reshaping them a little bit. Um, but no, so. I don't know. We know that the Wrangler sells a lot, right? But yeah. it's a it's a matter of selling uh, a Jeep truck too, right? Because you get a little added wheelbase. It's a smaller cabin, right? It's yeah, not going to be like you're not like carrying rations to the troops uh, <laughs> in Normandy. Like I get that there probably was. Yeah, but that's that's the were, thing, right? Like, what the Jeep, fuck? Why yeah. do you want a Jeep truck? I guess that's almost like they're almost probably gonna. I'd almost bet that they'd have to rely on like a nostalgia factor like oh pickups have always been in the heritage for jeep right and then they show like oh yeah for sure america fighting the nazis yeah for sure but i'm curious yeah i don't know what market exists like the hummer market i guess it had to because it's not even like an off-road pickup truck works until you have to have anything in the bed like (laughs) yeah pretty much well let's just strap this down like eight thousand times like you're not gonna you're not gonna load up a truck to go off-roading well it depends you're gonna have you're gonna have supplies but you're not gonna like like no one's climbing rocks dumping like i'm gonna dump 1500 pounds of dirt in the back of my car and go mudding like that doesn't happen they're not even mudding, like rock climbing or whatever that people do with Wranglers. But yeah, that's Go to true. the grocery store, right? Like, well, but, it, <laughs> but the increased wheelbase would make it impractical to do that anyway, really. Yeah. You know, because it's it's going to be stretched. It's not going to be like a short... It's going to be like... It'll be worse than a four-door Wrangler. Yeah. I, I think it's still just... They didn't want to build a mini Ram. What would a mini Ram be called? A Go? A Dakota. Right. Same as the Dakota they used to have. Oh man, they're missing out. <laughs> they had a, that's right, the Dakota. Yeah. So they'd rather instead of doing the Dakota, they rather just put flat panels on it and say, "Oh, it's a Jeep, right?" And look at the front grille that hasn't changed since the '40s. I suppose. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, there's know. something to be said for that. Uh, but I don't know. They're not going to sell a lot of them, in my opinion. Of the classics? Or, oh, the Jeep pickups. Of the Jeep pickups. Yeah. No, I, th- I think the classics they'll actually sell quite a bit of, but I don't know. Jeep's getting, uh, well, I guess uh, FCA, as it relates to the American brands anyways, is getting very streamlined in their product offerings. They right? are. Yeah. And I don't know. I guess there's stuff that we, that we forget that's out there because we don't think about it, right? Like the Journey, that's still a thing, right? The Dodge no, I Journey? Don't think so, is it? I think they still make it. I don't think they made a 2019 Journey. I mean, they got the Pacifica that you can pimp out. That's pretty sweet. Right? Oh, yeah. No, those are those are sweet. Yeah. That, they got... 2018 Dodge Journey. Oh, man. That's still a thing? It's still a thing. Wow. I did not think that was still a thing. 
Car and driver give it two out of five. Because <laughs> it's probably like it's the 2014 journeys that they just <laughs> were just sitting in a parking lot somewhere. Well, then there's those other Jeep ones, right? Like the Jeep Liberty. Liberty doesn't exist anymore. It probably doesn't exist, but there's got to be a replacement for it, like a Patriot or some bullshit, right? That, I think that one's gone too. Hopefully. Oh, it's, is it? Good guy. I don't know. I don't know. The Liberty was... But the Liberty was a super popular, like, Oh, uh, yeah, 2017 Jeep Patriot. That's yeah. the that's news it gets. The Liberty was... Tell me the Liberty was not, like, the ultimate, like, 18-year-old high school girl car. Oh, dude, my mom had a Liberty. Liberty was totally, like... My mom had a Liberty. She had two of them. Wow. Because one of them, uh... She had to bring it in... She had to bring it in for the Lemon Law. Because... <laughs> Because the uh, the sunroof leaked whenever she went into the car, into the car wash, right? Yeah. And she brought it in once, right? And she brought it in twice, and like it leaked whenever there was a big rainstorm, too, yeah. right? Not a little one, but like a solid thunderstorm, yeah. right? And then they out in the country, so it's not like they got any protection, you know, right? Like, they just out. Um, so she brought it in the first time, the second time, third time you could file for a lemon law, right? So, yeah. But that was like a year and a half later. She put on like 40,000 miles or some shit like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so she, then she got a new, you know, Liberty. So yeah, she had I, the second one. I had some water go through my sun... My, uh, well, it wasn't a sunroof. It was a sunroof in my Jeep Compass, but that's because I left it open overnight during a rainstorm. So. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I had a Jeep Compass. I always tell everyone that that was the way for my parents to neuter me with the car. Why, why did you have a Compass? Well, because we're looking at that. It was that or a RAV4. Um, <laughs> well, I would have went with the Compass too. Because the original plan was I was going to take my sister's Passat, 2001 Passat sedan, and then she was going to take the new crossover. But when we got the new crossover, nobody liked driving it except <laughs> me. So I ended up with a new crossover. Um, but the RAV4 we were looking had the V6. It was super, it was pretty quick for a small car. No, yeah, the V6s were pretty quick in The those. Compass had. Um, had an I-4 with a CVT on it, so it was basically a tractor uh, with some shinier body metal. But <laughs> and I like the car, but yes, I left the sunroof open on that one. I think I left the sunroof open on my Lancer once. I've just had... I've never left a sunroof open. How many cars with sunroofs have you had? Uh, none. <laughs> so I have definitely left my side window open. God, can you imagine how terrible that'd be with one of these new cars with like the, the panoramics on <laughs> Oh man, that'd be bad. The entire car just gets... Well, there's so much digital shit now, right? Like something would get fried. Something would get fried. So. Yeah, that would be bad. Yeah. But But I don't know. I mean, it's... I guess it's working for them. FCA seems to be growing and making money and shit. I do think that, yeah. I think that their product line short of the journey is a lot more (laughs) uh, direct, right? They know their markets. They know where they want to succeed. Like the Chargers, arguably, the... I don't want to say the best, but one, but a really high seller, right? Yeah, and they right. can make that one. Well, dude, the, the Dodge or the uh, Chrysler 300 is a very impressive car. I must yeah, say. you just drove I it. just had, I rented one to go down to Richmond, right? I thought I was going to get an Impala and I got the uh, Chrysler 300. And it's a nice, like, I was impressed with it. Yeah. They, I would consider buying one and I work for Ford. I would too, with the, like, especially the S with the Hemi in it. Yeah. That thing would be sweet. But they don't age well. Like, you look at the original. No, yeah, no, no. Like, they don't. That's, whereas I think the Chargers still age decently well. But yeah, no, the 300s are, are nice. The, the Pacifica's. What about the Dodge Magnum? Remember that? 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, that was a station wagon. It if was a anyone, station wagon. Anyone should get a Dodge Magnum. I would one. buy one. <laughs> um, there's also there was apparently a police officer, an undercover police officer in '94 by the airport that always had a red Magnum. I was told oh yeah, I remember that for a red Magnum. Yeah. Um, but so in any case, yeah. So you got that. You got the Challenger that obviously fills. Let's be honest. At this point, people are just buying like Hellcats and. Demons and yeah, well, but then they sell the V6 model because people want the Hellcat, can't afford it, right? And they option it out with badges or swipe some from somebody else, like the all-wheel drive one that's a V6, right? Um, so you got that one, right? And then you got the Rams, which are obviously the pickup market, and then you have Jeep, that's a pretty targeted market. So I'd say that they have a pretty lean product lineup, right? but it's working, right? I mean... Yeah, uh, the only thing I could say is that they don't have any big contenders in the crossover. Well, no, the Cherokee. I was going to say the crossover market. The Cherokee is a oh, yeah. pretty decent seller. And obviously the Grand Cherokee is, you know, for a while was a gold standard of, of what I'll say, mid-size SUVs. Yeah, right. It's what everybody aspired to be. Yeah, as far, at least as far as sales. The went. Cherokees are pretty nice. So, yeah, I mean, I think that they their strategy is... is Pretty good. I don't know whether they're going to sell much, but it seems like a streamlined business plan. So now we'll just see if they can go. It's a shame that none of the Italian cars, is, because dude, those Alfa Romeos, like a Giulia, it's a nice looking car. Oh, I know. They're gorgeous. It'd be in the shop like every two days, but it's Probably. Nice, like, I'd still buy one. Oh, yeah. A Giulia. Especially if they brought me a replacement car to pick up my car, right? Yeah, a Giulia would be a nice car still. In any case, uh, I think we've beat that one down and, and Daisy's getting a little uh, antsy over here so no any updates from the old cars nothing to, nothing to no I haven't done anything I've got to put a condenser on the 35 because I think that'll fix it mm-hmm. um, but that's it that's all I've been doing it's been cold and rainy around here so yeah, not much garage time it's not going to give up anytime soon from the forecast yeah so it's going to be a fun weekend it means I got to wipe off the dog's feet every time I bring it back in <laughs> which she enjoys yeah no so. she yeah not at all well, that's it for us this week. So if you want to hear more about uh, FCA's product strategy or anybody else's that we can think of or whatever, I don't know. I don't know what next week's topic is going to be yet. But Like, comment, subscribe. Tell us what topics. If Tom's available, we'll talk about that speed tail and whether McLaren can actually compete with anyone. Oh, yeah. And it has ailerons. So that's a thing. It, it has, like, flexible like body panels, I think, area that yeah. you're passing. So anyway, yeah, we'll talk about that next time. All right. See you guys.